in the show. Everybody can see and hear you. This is the Blatcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt. Returning to the show today is comedian Tom Kelly. So please dim your lights, silence your phones, return trade tables to their upright and locked positions, and get ready for what is quite possibly the longest hour, or shortest two hours and 56 minutes, of your life. And now, your host, because he won't let anyone else do it, Christian Blatt. Yes, indeed. Live from New York and from beautiful downtown Burbank, this is indeed the Black Cast. As always, I am Christian Blatt, welcoming back to the show the one, the only, Mr. Tom Kelly. Tom, how are you, sir? It's, it's an honor to be here, and can, can I be ask a question? I hope you're not afraid to, we're, we're only 28 seconds in, so I hope you're willing to ask many questions. As okay, well, well it's also like, God, 28 seconds in, and he couldn't stop start pretending it's his own podcast rather than yours. <laughs> um, but the question is, do I rate well, because or am I your am I your Tony Randall? Uh, first of all, you're my Al Roker because uh, you're you're literally doing a show across the hallway, and uh, we we uh, time it around between your uh, weather reports. Should we? Uh, no, as as you know, Tom, you and I have uh, been we've ha- sort of had an, an uh, ongoing like, oh yeah, yeah, we still have to do a podcast. This is basically me cashing in an IOU. I wanted to have you be a part of our Strange New World Worlds. Uh, podcast just a few weeks ago and uh i wanted you to be a part of the gang there and i think we had fun but uh that that was always pitched as in addition to this because uh, people may not know uh this is a this is a bit of a make good podcast because (laughs) when i was in new york in june we recorded an episode of the tom kelly show which i was on and i love being on the tom kelly show we have fun yeah. And uh, we can, you know, we can knock out two of them in 40 minutes sometimes. And it, it's beautiful. And then we recorded an episode of the Black Cast uh, immediately afterwards. And people who subscribe to the show and listen every week or watch every week, they're thinking, hey, wait a minute. I don't I don't remember an episode like that where you and Tom were like, we've done that before. But, yeah. uh, you know, people are like, I don't remember that from June. Uh, did, did that really happen? And the answer is um, that podcast is basically we recorded it from a tree that was falling in the woods very slowly about an hour and a half. And, uh, it made sound. I think I have the last like five minutes you sent me eventually. Okay. Now let me explain to some of these people. First, we explained in my apartment. And for those of you watching on the black cast dream yard, you can see the nice bricks behind my yeah. thing. Did we do, did we do a green screen or no? What no I don't we, think we did for that one. We've have done the green screen. But, yeah. So I have, and I, if uh, it doesn't make it shaky, I will tilt down my web camera, but I have this, they call it the road caster thing. And basically every radio personality, you know, during the pandemic bought this, it's basically a kid's podcasting machine that records right. at a borderline professional level. If you have the right mics now speeding through the story, Christian enjoys longer podcasts. And this thing here, uh, it can isolate each of the channels. So there's microphone one, microphone two, and so forth, plus a plug-in extra channels for uh, a laptop computer, a phone, a Bluetooth device, and wacky sound effects. That said... Yeah, as as you go all, what is it? Uh, non-linear? No, what? what is well, it? yeah, no, mine, mine's analog. I do, uh, analog. I do the, I do the Jack Foley sound effects. Oh, actually, I think. Jeez, uh, hang on. 
Oh boy, if Tom if Tom has a slap well, paddle right there, we know what's going on in his house. Well, so. Actually, in a sign that I don't clean enough, I brought these down from a shelf when you were here in June, and they've in been June, just yeah. sitting on my kitchen counter. <laughs> a sign that I'm not entertaining enough here. And so, anyways, uh, beating through the story, this machine. Uh, it was my favorite, and let me be real for a minute. It, it was my favorite conversation I've ever had with you, and I've known you th almost twenty five years. Yeah, favorite conversation on air, off air. Yeah, uh, I mean, we with, had with, a, with a pitcher of beer on the table, with no beer on the table. Uh, that that's and, and uh, I, I I would have to say it was uh, it was a very honest and still funny open conversation, just very real. And uh, then uh, your your machine ate most of it. Because well, you know, uh, it's I, machine, I, and it's, I'm realizing this. Uh, you were the first warning sign. Yeah. Um, I try to do a 20 minute podcast at the Tom Kelly show because one, I like doing more often of a, more of them. Uh, and two, frankly, I get sick of myself. I really do. I, I, I and whatever it was with you, and I, it was like really a great conversation. And the machine only. Yeah, I'll get into the nerdy technical stuff later, sure. but what it tries to do is break it down into 10 files, and for whatever reason, it stepped on itself and only saved the last five minutes. And what we did not do during that one that I try to do when I do my own podcast is now I do a redundant video and audio. So that way, at least if the video crashes on the laptop, um, I have a uh, soundboard recording and you know there you go but anyway i did not do that for you and i want to not just apologize to your listeners uh because i don't know what farouk and jacob lee downey are doing with their lives without it but i also apologize to you uh because honestly man it would have been nice to have that as a record of our friendship you could have just played that at my memorial service yeah and i was planning to that was uh <laughs> you know it was uh you you really by not recording it you really bungled the murder for hire uh that uh, i was a part of and, uh, but here's the thing you must have known because you're still alive to this day and uh yeah it was uh look i think anytime that and it's happened to me a few times anytime you have content that uh, you're planning to use and for whatever reason technology gets in the way and it's not there it is very disappointing, but that one, I, I have to admit, it was a little, it was particularly disappointing because I thought we had such a good conversation and it was like, it sort of bridged the nonsense that I do on the black cast and my various other ventures that I'll be making sure to hawk before the end of the show to make sure everybody knows everywhere that they could possibly find me. But in any case, I uh, thought that, uh, you know, it, 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 it was a, I don't want to say marriage. It was a blend between what I do. And then what you do is a, you know, I, you describe it as like self-help um, uh, sort of, uh, I don't know. How, will you explain the Tom Kelly show? Why am, I, why am I trying to tell you what the Tom Kelly show is? Well, no, but it's funny about my podcast. I It's part self-help, part stand-up comedy, part whatever I feel like. And yeah. uh, and what's funny about it is I'm trying to find, I mean, I'm 300 something episodes in and I'm trying to find my podcast voice. I have actually been doing very well chunking down the podcast which is kind of scary that people may not want to listen to me for even the 20 minutes, uh, but they love me for 15 seconds on unique topics. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And it's really actually, if I'm allowed to pat myself on the back for a minute, do. Um, I've had a very surreal amount of success since you and I have talked uh, in real time. I have been taking chunks of my podcast where I may refer to my hometown of Massapequa, Long Island. Yeah. 
And I've also been making fun of the Long Island serial killer. It turns out is from my particular hometown. Right. Um, I have taken clips from the podcast and I am, I am viral uh, between the route 135 and route 110 south of sunrise highway i mean up to a point where it's actually really freaky i mean i think they call it micro influencer or um they call it micro viral i mean no no healthy man likes the word micro in front of any attribute but sure but like does, uh, does this mean that you can walk to the to the front of the line at like one location of bagel boss but not necessarily another one like is it that level of fame and by the way, folks, that is the encyclopedia-like memory that I come to the Blackcast for, that he could remember the Long Island bagel chain. Um, wow. and, and yeah, and to your point, uh, the bagel boss just bought the Massapequa bagel store. It's a big controversy. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds like it, actually. It really is. Uh, uh, they do a fine job, but it was just nice when it was mom and pop for a bit instead of one guy who owns eight. But yeah. Um, but yeah, for, but actually I had this like very, uh, so my parents are very supportive for two human beings who don't consider me particularly funny <laughs> and, but yeah, your mom and pop have seen me do stand up more than my own. And that's 20 years ago or 23 years ago now at this point. Yeah. And, and, and I am okay with that. I enforce that line. Cause basically if I say something funny, you might laugh or say that's not funny. My parents will just go, <sighs> and <laughs> and what's funny is my parents are were not happy. I mean, my listen, my Instagram following went from let's say sixteen to nineteen thousand in the last week, but okay. realize I've been stuck at sixteen for two years, three years. Right, right. You know, there was okay. no real growth at all, and whatever it is right now, I actually have people stopping me and giving me the validation I've always craved of, uh, I just need someone else to tell my parents I'm good. Yeah. And like my father still keeps saying, Hey, be careful. You're going to get sued. Like you got to be careful calling the accused Long Island serial killer, a serial killer. Cause I actually think he's going to be found not guilty side story for later. Yeah, uh, sure. and even if you're making fun of local businesses, it's a little bit different. If you make fun of, um, like right now, you know, if you make fun of the local hamburger joint, that guy can go kick your ass. You know, he can find you on the street or go or worse, go set your parents house on fire rather than your own, you know. Um, but anyway, but what was nice last week was I went to uh, my niece's uh, graduation party, which also happened to be a block party. And it was just nice to have people come up and say I'm funny in front of my parents. And they're like, hey, we saw you on Instagram. And my parents are like, what's Instagram? And you know, but it was, it was kind of fun, but these are all people again, who loved me and think I'm hilarious in 15 second only doses. And I'm also doing, and you get into the level of humor. Like I had what I thought was a great Bob Barker joke last night, last week, uh, Bob Barker died at 99. He got as close to a hundred as you can without going over, you know, by the uh, way, it's a it's a great joke, and it's a perfect example of nobody ripping anybody off. But you started to see timestamps on a few different people, and I'm like, oh, I'm not even going to try with a Bob Barker joke because that one's perfect, and a few people had it. However, 
when uh, we were uh, we were playing a Bob Barker clip on a show that I do now called Who Are These Broadcasters, which is on the Who Are These Podcasts Network Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. And um, I just sort of ad-libbed that, unfortunately for Bob Barker, the first thing he heard after he died was come on down and, uh, <laughs> in the moment i was proud of it if i yeah, had crafted that and it had been like on a post-it and i well, you know i so now, i felt like it was all right in that setting it first of all it's all right in that setting it's a hilarious joke it's the, it's one i have not heard um you know no, I mean that Tom hasn't watched my show, but that's all right. There's a lot of shows to watch. Well, tonight. first of all, we are going to play. If if I were the host at a Price is Right, one of my pricing games would be: is that a Christian Blatt live stream? Yeah, and then we would just name a title and see if it worked. But <laughs> that's but, a great but, idea. By the way, Cammy Egan says both jokes are pretty funny, and why we like Cammy Egan. She likes both of us. See, she doesn't have to dislike Tom because she already likes me. I love love my punchline and I know it's good because pretty much everybody else in America came up with it. Uh, Our pal pal David Brody had a good one, but now I don't actually remember what it was. Did you did you see his? I'll look for it if you don't. I I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, but but, but finishing the on the spot story, I'm wondering now if the future of comedy is making fun of things so obscure no one else is making fun of it so i think like you you're in a similar boat to me you live in los angeles as your primary ish residence i'm in new york city for my primary ish residence and you know there's a thousand there's got to be 60 comedians on the upper west side alone and you know and and then another thousand people who think they're funny and the joke you know like kind of like bob barker uh, lots of there's a lot of upper west side content how many people who know how to use an editing machine are making fun of Southern Nassau County, Long Island. <laughs> and maybe that's, that's point. you know, yeah. like we used to make jokes about being, you know, like Christian and I, when we were NBC pages, uh, and I cannot share the inner joy that he, me, he, Christian, a, a woman named Jenny Kramer and I oh, would man. share for making fun of or spotting the local news anchors in the building. I'm Michelle we, Marsh. <laughs> well, the one the uh, Bruce Beck and Len Berman were the two I remember most of sportscasters. Yes. And then, you know, and then you'd get a Chuck Scarborough moment here and there. And I just but what was more fun was our ironic joy in saying we saw them. Sue, yeah. Sue Simmons was the big one, right? Sue, Sue Simmons is a big one. Yeah. So these are these are, uh, you know, WNBC in New York. Uh, some big name talent, uh, you know, uh, the aforementioned Al Roker was our local weatherman before he was on the Today Show. And we don't really talk about him anymore. And we're not supposed to take pride in him. But Matt Lauer used to do the mornings and also live at five in New York. So it, yeah. it was definitely it was definitely like the farm team for the Today Show at one point. But it was interesting because uh, I, I call out Michelle Marsh in particular because she had been on the CBS affiliate channel two for a long time. And then she eventually came over and I was walking through an area with a tour and she was walking by and she had this look on her face of like, Oh God, I'm not ready to be recognized. Uh, at least, you know, it's a little tough to tell what her expression is on her face these days, if you know what I mean. And this is going back 25 years, but um, in any case, and I'm just like, I didn't say it because I, I liked my job. I wanted to be polite and respectful, but it's like, no one knows who you are. These are tourists. Mm-hmm. 
they don't know the local uh, New York news anchors. It's okay. No one is going to bother you. And look, I love fun facts. And I'm Cammy Egan's got oh. a great one right here. Lester Holt was a local Chicago newscaster. Didn't know that. Lester Holt is great, by the way. Of the yeah. uh, of the current crop of uh, evening newscasts, he's the uh, he's the one I find uh, easiest to watch. But I don't think anybody's interested. Did I tell that. you I worked with him recently? You worked with Lester Holt. Oh, this is a good story and a good story for you and I. So when Christian and I met when we were interns, even before we were pages, we yeah. were interns at Conan O'Brien's show, which was in NBC's historic studio 6A. What makes it historic? Letterman was there. Conan was there. And now it's kind of like a free for all studio. They eventually put Dr. Oz in there, didn't Dr. they? Dr. Oz was in for a while. Yeah. And then it was the Megyn Kelly third hour of today studio for a while. Then it was the third hour of today. And then there's, you know, then basically Lauren might've been renting it as a spillover studio for a bit. Uh, and then I, and then NBC would do specials and one-offs in there and they would just keep whatever the, the today ish look was to the studio. Right. I got my dream of finally doing warm up in studio six A. I didn't. I didn't realize that. And yeah, yeah that's a big deal because uh, for people, uh, and, you know, most most people aren't going to understand, is that when we're pages, a big part of what we did is we seated audience members for these shows. So, and then you kind of stand there and you watch them. You make sure nobody gets up. Nobody, mm -hmm. you know, if anybody starts shouting, you're going to escort them out. That sort of a thing. But we would always see the warm up. And uh, Tom does uh, a lot of warm up professionally for for decades now i think yeah i just did i just did good morning america for sam hunt uh i did years at the view i've done america's got talent and doing studio 6a just appealed yeah. to my inner child well, just how many hours that we spent standing in there watching uh, the the great conan head writer mike sweeney uh do a warm-up and, uh, you know, I, to the day, I mean, so this is what, 1999 and I was an intern in 1997. I mean, I remember the go-to punchlines that he had is you have to love any college that advertises on hot 97, which I and, use by the way, I have stolen that and I'm okay you, with that. I think it, I think it's worth it. You know, I think oh. it's, uh, it's out there. It's out there for, for the people. So you got to do it in six A. but here's the punchline. It was for an NBC nightly news special with an audience full of children oh boy yeah it was basically actually it was take your kid to work day they okay. did two nightly news half hours for i think something that airs on saturday afternoons and on peacock i actually bet you uh felix your son felix would love it i think it's a it's that age group it's for kids yeah. who are worldly uh i think it would have been a great show for kids our age uh it's just now we're in the age of streaming. Is it as important? We could argue about that later. But Mr. Lester Holt was amazing. And that reminded me, and it's funny, just you talk about the muscle memory and the idea of being older. When I was young and did some work at Nightly News, it was Mr. Brokaw. And then I had right. the kids calling him Mr. Holt because Lester just sounded sloppy. Uh, but it took me a minute for that muscle memory to come back. I'm like, geez, we used to call Tom Mr. Brokaw, but it was Lester on the weekends, you know? Uh, and then you're like, you know what? He's in the lead chair. That's Mr. Holt now, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I once uh, interviewed to be the uh, audience coordinator for a sitcom that uh, filmed in, uh, in Queens at Kaufman Astoria. And uh, I was told that uh, everyone uh, referred to that host of that show, I believe wasn't Mr. I believe it was doctor. And that host of course was 
Dr. Bill Cosby, and I don't think we call him doctor anymore. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, hey. Clearly, clearly, he's uh, able to write prescriptions for things uh, to himself. But other than that, I don't think we call him a doctor anymore, do we, Tom? No. So my mother got her doctorate around the same time Cosby got his, and it's the same type of doctorate. It's oh, an okay. EDD. And if you want to insult someone with an EDD, oh, by the way, if you want to insult someone with an ED, that's one set of insults. <laughs> If you want to insult someone with an EDD, uh, just say they don't have a real doctorate. Oh, you don't even have a PhD? Because the difference yeah. is, I think a PhD does research and EDD does more homework or writes a longer dissertation or something like that. But anyway, yeah, Dr. Cosby. And by the way, just like the Long Island serial killer, found not guilty on a technicality. And, 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 and also, uh, you know, um, Orenthal James Simpson not a murderer found not guilty so you can uh you can say alleged you can say he was found financially responsible for something but you cannot you are not allowed to call the juice uh a murderer you can so, say and he's an alleged much, accused uh yeah. but uh yeah. and this is how much i believe in the american system of justice christian is uh i believe you are not guilty until you're convicted in court or i definitely sure. used to believe it until we got into this modern age of we're going to shame you into confessing um, but with OJ, I truly believed he was, could have been innocent until he wrote the book. If I did it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I hung on to, I believed in OJ until like 2011. Yeah. I gave him 15 years, 15 years. I yeah, believe you, get, you gave him some stretch and uh, the best was, uh, that, uh, because of the money that he owed uh, Fred Goldman, uh, that uh, the book did come out and uh, it was published and they uh, changed the font for the if really small so that when you looked at the book, it said, I did it by O.J. Simpson. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, our, our chat uh, seems to uh, not have to worry about uh, that sort of a thing. So the Dominicus Saxon says that he can't be canceled. And Kami Egan also uh, feels that uh, she has an understanding. Um, uh, look, sometimes uh, if something rhyme, rhymes and it tells you that if it does not fit, you must acquit. It's hard. I mean, how that's almost 30 years ago now, believe it or not. Uh, so, yeah, okay. I, it sticks with you. Let's play a game. Test Christian's morals. Oh, okay. Okay. Be careful, my wife can hear me. No, no, no. Well, actually, and I'd love for her to hear this because uh, I, I, I'd love to see if this ruins, if the answer ruins your relationship or not. Well, yeah, that's exactly why I won't call her in then. So okay. yeah, let's, let's so, go ahead and hear it anyway. Um, so Cammy uh, Egan is friends with OJ Simpson. She can get him on the black cast. Rules are you cannot talk about the murder. You cannot talk about any time he's gone to prison. You can only have him on to just talk about news of the day. Would uh, you let me ask you a question? Can I talk to him about the naked gun? Because yes. you can talk about okay. naked gun. If I can talk to him career. about his football career and the naked gun. Uh, I would definitely, I would do that and I would put it out and I would say, I'm going to ask, the hard questions, you know, I would record it first. And then when I would, uh, when I would post it and say, you know, tune in for the hard questions that you haven't heard anyone ask him. I, you know, if I'm not allowed to talk to him about that, because look, if, if you're in a studio and you start to talk about something, he's going to leave, especially the way that we're doing it now, 
if I offend you, you're just going to hang up and then that'll be it. You know, you'll just, but, but overall you would have him in the room and you'd sit in the same room and talk to him in public. Well, um, I, I, I would have to, I'd have to really think about what the negatives are because, uh, you know, I think it would be hard not to put it. Let me put it in a simpler term. If, if you could get a selfie with OJ Simpson, would you? So, and now that's so along those lines, I think the answer for me is an easy no, and that's why I'm not famous and never will be. Like, I think I'm no. going to a stage. I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, but by the way, let me just interject because Sam Whitfield had a great comment. I'd like to ask OJ if he liked Norm MacDonald. Uh, I'm, I'm going uh, to guess. Now, to Sam Whitfield's credit, that was not a term that I put into the contract there. So Sam found a workaround. Good job, Yeah, Sam. so am I allowed to ask him if he liked Norm MacDonald? Because uh, I would like to ask that. You know. I'll be honest. Now that I now that if I were negotiating it for down the road, thank you, Sam, for looking over the contract and finding some loopholes. In fact, I don't know who the hell Sam Whitfield is, but I'm. Oh my gosh, Sam Whitfield is a, is a, a beloved chatter, as they say. Is he a, a lawyer? Uh, no, 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 no. He's a, a podcaster, and uh, I I have been on his show a couple of times. Uh, the Whitfield Report. Uh, you can find it there for your political needs. And uh, Sam has been a great friend of the Black Cast for many years, and uh, found us through the old Dennis Miller show, like so many people did. No, but but giving Sam some credit here, uh, Sam. That's a that I could tell you must be a great interviewer because that's a great ethical workaround to yeah. the situation I set up there. Because then that leads into you like. So did you like Norm Macdonald? Did you like the comedy stylings of the man? who made fun of you on Saturday Night Live? Let me ask you uh, the question in the same way. Let's say that you're going to have, you know, that the, the terms are you can talk to OJ Simpson, you get 30 minutes, and in the last two minutes, you're free to ask anything you want. He might not answer you, but you can, it, it, you're allowed to, you can't spend the half hour talking about the murders or anything like that, but they're going to give you a chance at the end. I, I've I've uh, I've seen interviews like this where they're like, look, you, you have to let me at least ask this one thing. Sometimes they get it out of the way at the beginning. Sometimes they save it for the end. In this hypothetical, there's nothing that you can't ask OJ Simpson in those last two minutes. Would you do it so that you got to ask those two questions or those two minutes worth of questions? Oh, if I had that extra loophole at the end, it's a uh, different animal. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. I would totally no, I think, I, I think that that's probably a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, I can do that first part knowing. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, as, as it got to like three minutes out from those last two minutes, I would be sweating profusely because I'm like, even if I'm not in studio with him, I know. Uh, so here's a fun story about young Tom Kelly. I'm in college. I'm 18 years old. Uh, they're doing the Connecticut gubernatorial debates at my college Quinnipiac university it was then quinnipiac college uh the sitting governor a man named john roland is there and he's going through a controversy about domestic abuse allegations now remember i am stuttering i am not as well practiced at speaking as i am today uh i yeah i like that the, like i was doing a lot of those uhs and ums sure. now my roommate and lifelong friend a man named bruce cone is the camera guy and we go to interview him and I asked him and I'm 18 and I asked, do you think uh, domestic allegations, uh, whatever are going to affect yeah. your chances of winning? 
And he gave me some sort of answer. But the way Bruce heard the question and made fun of me for the next four years is Bruce said in my Long Island white trash ways, especially more so at the time, Bruce said, I asked the governor of Connecticut, so uh, you beat your wife? <laughs> And that was the impersonation done about me and the question I asked. And he would just, you know, like whenever I'd have a big interview, Bruce would go, so Tom, so, and Bruce was very like, uh, Bruce is one of those guys too. Uh, and Bruce would go, uh, hey, Tom, you're, you're, you're interviewing Christian Blatt. You're going to ask him if he beats his wife, you know, and it just became that for like the rest of uh, the next four years. You, uh, I, first of all, I love things like that, that live on forever you know uh and uh so that this would be someone that's known you even longer than i have and i, I yes. love that he has something that he can uh call back to uh for that long you know uh tom and i talk a lot about uh the old days but uh, we don't we don't get quite as inside when we're doing it on the uh in front of the microphones there are there are names that we can say to each other and, and make uh, make each other laugh the names could be people that we worked with they could be people on camera. You may have even said one of those names earlier, and it takes great restraint to not go off on a tangent about, uh, you know, someone yeah. being a national treasure oh. in broadcasting. But Cami Egan does have a question that I think you would want to know. Uh, she says, I'd let Christian ask OJ the hard questions. Like, how was it working with Ricardo Montalban? I mean, if he wants to do the whole, you know, if I'm doing the arrangement Tom has, if I do 28 minutes on Ricardo Montalban, uh, and then two minutes on, uh, you know, I don't know. Did the, how do how do you get blood splatter out of Bruno Mali's shoes? I don't know. This is off the top of my head. I've never actually tried to come up with questions for OJ, you know? So it's funny. I have a podcast episode coming up where I interview Baywatch and Charles in charge star, Nicole Eggert. Wow. I mean, you get the bell for that because uh, that is quite a get. It really is. And honestly, a get that took about 10 years. A friend of mine, Steve Berger, found her. Like, I don't know if anybody else had this, but there was a point in time where celebrities were going on Facebook with the same accounts you and yeah. I would have. Sure. And it would be like, do you want to add Nicole Eggert as a friend? I'm like, dude, I think that's really her. And it's not a spam bot. And right. she added him and not me. And eventually that <laughs> converted into a fan page, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, um, I asked her before the show anything off limits. She said no. Uh, and I had the it will air not this coming Sunday, but it'll probably air around uh, September 10th ish. You know, whatever. We'll figure out the dates later. But it was the most delightful conversation about where we're both going in life. It was a delightful conversation about figuring out what we want to do with the second halves of our life. Um, and I, I could have asked it, but didn't want to ask it. You know, so was Scott Bayo a dick? You know, I didn't get, you know, like. Uh, no, I mean, she's she's kind of been out there. And and yeah, look, sometimes there's, you know, there there's. um not even restrictions, but, you know, just guidelines that you're given for an interview. Like I've talked about this, I think, in, in other interviews. So uh, I once uh, interviewed, uh, it was uh, when I was doing shows for After Buzz TV at the uh, the studios in North Hollywood. And uh, this uh, guitarist, Mark Kendall, from the, the 80s, 90s band, Great White, he drove up from the OC. He was there. We did an interview. It was great. It was really nice. The publicist said... Uh, Please don't ask him about the the fire in Rhode Island, which if you know anything about oh, Great yeah. White, there's that terrible story. It was a really small club. The doors were padlocked. That was, the, that was, was their show? That, yeah, it, it's the, yeah, the short of it is, yes, that was a Great White show. Yes, he was there. 
and I, I, I said to her, I'm like, I'm sorry, that's the last thing I was going to ask him about. Like, you know, and I can see that maybe if you're doing interviews after it happens, you're probably feeling some kind of obligation. But I'm like that at this point, at this point, it's 20 years ago. It was more than 15 years ago. I was like, I hadn't even thought of it. And I'm like, no, I don't, I, I don't want to ask him about that. I, I you know, one yeah, of the one of the band members died. A number of people, in the, a lot of people in the crowd died. People had burns. You know, if you're interested in that story, there's a really well done, thoughtful documentary about it. Um, which I did watch because I, I was uh, interested, but there is also uh, footage of the fire from the back of the room. And I would say, do not watch that. Um, I, I, uh, I haven't watched that, but they have like a snippet of when the fire starts in this documentary. And they, they mentioned that, I guess it's, it's out there. So, so I, 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 but this is yeah, the difference between my podcast and yours is I would love to ask somebody who went through something like that the question of how did that change you? How did that change how sure. you were born? How did it well, change? Well, here's the thing, though. The that would be you setting up an, an interview to talk about that. You know what I mean? They had an album out. They had a, you know, a, a, a song to promote. I had, you know, it was one of those things. It was like, let's talk, you know, he wanted to talk about music. And, you know, I, I think that, if you, if you approach it from, I really want to talk about this thing and you sort of do the reverse where it's like, you know, and of course, you know, we'll, we'll spend some time, I guess, talk about what you're doing now. Uh, but I think, you know, for what I do, I, I, I didn't want to ask because what do you think the answers are? You know, for, for me, my answers are, what was that like? How did you feel? What do you think when you think back on it? What do you think about, the families who have, you know, who filed lawsuits uh, to the venue, you know, and there's, there's a, it, it's a, it's a terrible story, but I, he's, he's not the, to me, he's not the guy that, that I was going to ask about. And know? without making this part of the conversation about that, what I love about watching a team level interviewers compared to local schlubs or it, you know, goofballs like me with a microphone and a laptop, um, I remember I was working at NBC nightly news during the beginning of the 2003 Iraq war. And I think Brokaw and the Brokaw was interviewing the first woman, the first mom of the first soldier who died, I think is what I'm thinking, or it might've been something equally traffic tragic, not war related. But we NBC had to get and Brokaw didn't ask, how do you feel? Yeah. The question was, what is going through your brain right now? And because, you know, if you say, how do you feel? Of course, you feel sad. Of course, you feel awful. And that's just a dumb question. What's going through your brain? I always thought was a good question for them to express all the feelings in the back of their head. And, how you know, like and, and I that every now and again, I'll hear a version of that. That makes me go, man, I'm just a schlub with a laptop. And I love the answer. And this is awful to say this, but I love the answers to the highbrow form of that question. As a guy who right now is somewhere like for me, I'm somewhere in between being a dumbass comedian slash morning radio host slash warm up schlub and genuinely looking for the secret answers to life. Yeah. And in that moment, like what's going through your brain right now and how do you move forward? That's always, that's always a big one. How do you move forward? I, I mean, and I always think those are 
like when I worked at Dateline NBC, and I think I've told you this story before, um, there's a man there named Mike Taibbi, who is Matt Taibbi, the Rolling Stone writer's father. And without getting too into my life for your listeners, I grew up in Massapequa, Long Island, and I grew up six doors away from the Joey Buttafuoco incident and the Amy Fisher incident and Mary Jo Buttafuoco getting shot. My dad, you know, my dad was there and in the minutes after Mrs. Buttafuoco getting shot. And I don't joke about it because it bothers my father. It bothers my brother. Uh, it bothers other people I love in my life. And I, and I hated the way it was covered. I hated the way it was covered. Um, you know, I mean, it was an OJ level circus right before OJ. And then OJ came and the circus went across the country. Um, and I said, and that's probably, I might've been a journalist if I had not grown up around that incident. And I told that story to Mike Taibbi and Mike Taibbi is like, well, you have to understand why people find this stuff compelling. So when you have, and so his justification for covering the weird events and why the coverage uh, piles down is always that moment of trying to figure out why the story resonates, you know, like in the, you know, and we could go through the list of why the, but story resonated for me. It, my understanding is always that it was like simple, perfect America that turned out to not be simple and perfect. And the same thing with the long Island serial killer right now, my parents, um, were met, uh, and thank you for that. Uh, for real, the alleged long Island serial killer is especially with the specific person who's from my hometown. It could be that was somebody's next door neighbor. You That's, know, it's interesting that you the the way that you put it, because uh, at, at a certain point, you know, yeah, the idea of like, you know, getting into broadcasting and knowing what anybody wants to do. And it's like sort of like, you know, you you take whatever it is that uh, you feel like you have the, the best track, what you have the passion for. And I uh, pretty early on realized news wasn't for me because I was like, I never want to knock on someone's door and say, how do you feel now that your son is dead? You know, I mean, anything on that level. And I was just like, I just, I don't, I just don't have that in me. And to just sort of bring it back to, you know, uh, full circle, you know, if, you know, if, if you were to have a conversation with the same person I'm talking about, Mark Kendall from the band, Great White, and you approach it from, you know, this is why I want to talk about that event. Yeah. And I think it might be helpful. They can then decide, yes, I would have that conversation. No, I'd rather not. I think the the worst thing is when people, you know, you know they don't want to talk about something and then you talk about it anyway. Now that you can clip that out and it, it can it can definitely be funny uh, when somebody's asked about things that they don't want to talk about. But it's also it's also very uncomfortable. You know, I, I've talked about this before um, in a lot of ways. I don't like prank phone calls because they make me uncomfortable. Mm, uh, I feel bad for the person. Career. I feel bad for the person on the other end. Now, when it's the really staged ones and it's like, Hey, can you call my friend? And this is a whole thing. Um, you know, I definitely like, look, the jerky boys are funny, but some of it, you know, no, but like you get them there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, and it's just like, I'm just like, ah, I, I, I wish I liked them more, I guess, because when I hear them sometimes I'm like, yes, that one's very funny. There's, there's different levels to it. So like, Somebody calling in, uh, you know, the, a perfect example is uh, uh, Sal and Richard from the Howard Stern show. They do a lot of phony phone calls. The ones where they call like a pizza shop and they fuck around with somebody. That's I'm like, this is somebody trying to work. It's pretty annoying. But if they're calling into a show and being annoying, 
I can laugh at that because that's someone who's inviting phone calls from the general public. And, uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be a level where I'm like, all right, this, this, this gets old. But, uh, so anyway, you just just kind of I don't know if you knew this about me, but, but I, I work a lot in radio. Uh, right. I'm a ghost writer for morning radio shows. Uh, and one thought that's just been in my, or I think there's an underlying theme to our conversation, which is at least, or I'm getting it at it. I'm digesting that is when are you willing to swallow your morals for the extra five bucks? Right. And for me, um, you know, like I was offered a chance to go on ABC to talk about, um, uh, you know, the Buttafuoco story. And I said, no, you know, now, and was, were you offered to talk about it back then or was it more recent? Or uh, There was also a more recent documentary. Okay. And I was said, just curious as to the time. You. And I said, someone, someone, someone said, hey, Tom, it would be a great chance for you to network within the company if you got were a part of this. And I have a unique story that I've really, frankly, have told more here in this minute than I would yeah. on my own podcast. Um, but I said, no. Um, now, Long Island serial killer, alleged, um, from my hometown. Neighbors will get mad if you make jokes about it. But I said, F it, even though I had a little bit of an ick in it, I went for it and was rewarded with a percentage increase in followers on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then it's funny to talk about prank phone calls. I, with my humor, I try to, I think I do my best when I'm not mean. And I, and it's funny. I gave, just gave a wannabe Ted talk about the difference uh, about a piece of advice. Whoopi Goldberg once gave me, which was Tom, you weren't trying to be funny. You were just being mean. And I mean, it's a, it's an important distinction, you know, because I, uh, yeah, yeah. And that particular punchline was incredibly clever, really smart. But her line was the problem. The reason why you have to apologize is you weren't trying to be clever. You were clever, but you were being mean. You did it right. because you were just trying to slam someone down. So with the prank phone calls, dude, a lot of things in my life, I have health insurance right now. If you, if you track the dominoes or connect the dots backwards, right. I have health insurance right now. Because I was willing to make prank phone calls. And you're right. Now, my prank phone calls might have been nicer, uh, some of them. Um, but honestly, e even the nice ones, though, were me wasting someone's time when they should be working. You know, there's a lot of people on earth who may not have left, who had to do an extra 15 minutes at the office because Tom Kelly was making jokes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give you an example of uh, uh, also, by the way, Cammy Egan, of course, it's entirely scripted. But yes, Bart calling Moe's Tavern, which those calls are based on an actual, you know, you could get it as a CD, probably a record or a cassette back in the day. I think the 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 Bumbar Bastards or something are their names, and they would call this place called Tube Bar. And the guy who answered it was Red. So it, it is a lot of like, Al alcoholic you know yeah. Hugh, jazz like a lot of the so the simpsons bit is based on that 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 it's a little easier because nobody's actually getting hurt you're just sounding stupid in front of people and they laugh uh but uh, a particularly uh, bad one that uh i uh was made aware of uh, somewhat recently by by a show i was just on a show called why you laughing that uh, a gentleman named uh well, his name is mike geary but he's known as blind mike and uh he did an episode about a very specific uh, call in the Opie and Anthony program where they called, there was a story about a guy who he had worked for the same McDonald's for, I don't know, 40, 50 years. 
And yeah, they had a party for him and, you know, he got like a little something It was in the news report and they felt like he didn't uh, get, get treated as well as he should have. So uh, they call him and, you know, they try to get him to, you know, badmouth the uh, McDonald's or whatever. He's like, no, nah, that's great. You know, he might be, he might be like what we would say now on the spectrum, but you know, he was a perfectly yeah. happy guy. They also talked to like his manager and it's like, yeah, everybody likes him, you know, and he had worked there for a long time. He's somewhere in Missouri. He was really happy with it. Um, but then they get on the call or they call back maybe. And they say that they're corporate from McDonald's. And we have to let you go at the end of the week. As a matter of fact, why don't you clean out your stuff today? And so this, this guy who's so happy to, you know, and then they hang up and I'm afraid, you know, we, you, you know, I, I, I certainly know him better than you do, but uh, we both know somebody that worked on that show. And I heard that and I'm like, I want to ask him, did somebody call back and tell his boss like, Oh yeah, yeah. You got to tell him he's not fired and he still has a job or, did they let that guy walk out the door never to return to his McDonald's because he thought that corporate had fired him after 50 years. And look, I understand like that's, that's the definition of, of shock jock that show, you know, that and, and Howard Stern really, especially in, in the era of the, the late nineties, early two thousands. But I mean, I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, I, and I'm like, I understand that it's funny. On a, if it's not real, but it's real. And there's like a guy who sounds so sweet, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, uh, so yeah. Well, yeah, well, me, that, well, well, there's a few layers of questions we could ask about that right there. Sure. Question one is, is you get into what's comedy. Some people yeah. say comedy is taking something that is holy and smashing it. Uh, now some people say that's comedy. I'll say taking something that's holy and smashing it for a greater truth is comedy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what kind of truth could come out of shattering a man's dream for 10 minutes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it, so, yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, and then uh, but on the other hand, the other thing to laugh at, like, it's funny. I, I'm ashamed that I'm laughing at, it, but you're right. There's a man who gave his life to McDonald's and maybe the, tr the and I, you know, sometimes I think you're now projecting meaning. Um, but are we now saying, Hey, this is a man who gave his life to something as on the surface, silly as McDonald's. And we're showing how quickly that could be taken away and seeing how he can handle it. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, I mean, look, I and, uh, so, and you know, I think that, uh, a lot of times the target, uh, you know, uh, they're in the, um, the circles I run in now, uh, there was uh, a lot of question on the validity of uh, a claim by stuttering John Melendez that he once shouted to O.J. Simpson's limo, O.J., can you sign my knife? And uh, it was very hard for the video to be procured. It was eventually found, and uh, my friend Carl Hamburger did pay him $100 because he didn't believe that there was actually video. So the point of that is, uh, that's fine because, you know, uh, that's OJ Simpson, a public figure who some would say, Tom, you notice how I said that some would say got away with murder. So well, uh, I have no, that doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Can yeah. we put Sam's question on the board? Uh, yeah, we've got a few, but, uh, he says morning radio is still a thing. And you know, Sam, it is not a bad question because, uh, Sam lives some, uh, Sam lives in Florida now. I know he, uh, previously lived in the Denver area. Uh, it depends on where you live. 
You know? Yeah, and, and what I'll put aside and what I think is a dying art of it because now we're in this age of everything needs a video component is just building on your stuttering. John comment is the difference between old-fashioned morning radio and the age of 21st century multimedia radio is or multimedia audio broadcasting and eliminate the is something like that stuttering John moment is theater to mind. Yeah. You right, know, exactly. like, like even – even this prank call you're talking about, I mean, I have, and I don't know if it's funny or I'm laughing at the sad or I'm laughing at the pain of it, but the idea that somebody who loved something as silly and wholesome as McDonald's having well, to take- pro It probably was his whole life, you know, was yeah. like the people he worked with there. You know, I think he started when he was in, in high school and he just continued to work there as an adult. And, you know, he was never interested in becoming a manager. He just was was happy with- you know, there are those people who are perfectly happy with their lot in life, you know, and they're like, no, it's fine. I don't I don't need anything else, you know, so. So as I get older, but it's just funny because I just did a, a wannabe TED talk on it that should have been released by now. Um, and my wannabe TED talk is a long version of that story I told you about. Whoopi, I'll, I'll share a link one day with you. Um, but the moral of the story is now when I tell jokes, I figure out. Uh, am I trying to be funny or am I trying to be mean? And bringing it back to even what you were asking me about my podcast is I don't always want to be funny. I'm not good at it all the time. Sometimes I just want to be sure. nice, you know, and charming and kind. And there may not be, but I'm finding the audience, you get rewarded for when you're being mean and swallowing your values and attacking sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I, look, I, I quoted myself earlier in this show. Uh, Please do. A, I love it. With a, I love no, no, it. with a joke, with a joke that I, that uh, that I said, you know, that came to me about Bob Barker, the idea that uh, you know he he would be uh, asked to come on down so that he could uh, burn in all eternity for you know the. Yeah, there's some allegations about Bob Barker, but uh, just think of all the the pet lives he saved by uh, asking you to have your pets spayed and neutered. So there's you people. Know? Okay, now that's a whole other controversy here. Not to derail this, but no, please, no, please. People, um, there are people who don't like Bob Barker because he was encouraging neutering pets, and that involves you know, like you know, making pets docile against their will. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah. I think, like there, there are some real diehard animal advocates who are like, let them have sex wherever they want to have sex. If that, it's a cat, if a cat wants to be a whore, let that cat be a whore. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but look, so it's, uh, but to me, it's like, all right. I mean, he seems like he's, probably a, uh, a sweet person, a good person. Uh, definitely some allegations about him as a younger man uh, with the, uh, you know, the, the prize models as it were. But in any case, uh, you know, I, I don't mean that I actually am hoping, you know, that, uh, you know, he's uh, burning in hell. Well, you know, I did some research. So I did a Bob Barker retrospective for the podcast. Yeah. I don't think, Let's put it like this. He was no Harvey Weinstein, and it sounds awful to say that's your standard, but it seems yeah, like sure. if you go from Bob's perspective, from what I found, and I'm, maybe there's a chunk of information I'm missing, uh, but he was happily married till 80. Yeah. Well, specifically a model named Diane Parkinson. Yeah. Uh, well, Diane Parkinson was the sexual harassment claim that got dropped. Yes. And then 
uh, he fired one model where the argument was, and when I say he, the institution let her go, one argument was she had gained 14 pounds, which that's creepy on a whole other level or sad. Yeah, on a that's level. a different problem, by the way. You can talk uh, about that, but you can also separate it from whether or not an allegation was. Yeah. Made. And then, but the other one he was allegedly was her suspicion for being fired was that she had testified in the Diane Parkinson lawsuit. Uh, and then there was a third harassment, uh, wrongful dismissal case against him. And what does it say? about the world we are living in, that here I am, an intelligent podcaster who has worked as a journalist very briefly, blah, 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 brilliant comedian. I'm saying, well, there was only three lawsuits against him. I mean, geez. <laughs> yeah. He's no yeah. Harvey Weinstein. It's not like he's Bill he's not, Cosby. He's not that, Dr. Cosby, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's Dr. Cosby to yeah. you. And uh, Cammy Egan says, I hope Bob got cash prizes and a new car when he reached the pearly gates. Well, Cammy, he only did if... The price is right. So we would have to see. Uh, imagine he had to like actually play Plinko to uh, determine uh, where where that would go. Uh, yeah, look, it's there's, there's there's no hard and fast rule. I mean, look, I have uh, been a guest on a show a number of times where I have uh, pulled clips to make fun of people's podcasts. I do a show now, as I mentioned, called Who Are These Broadcasters? Oh, is and that is? Wait, you're, what is the gimmick of that show? I, I, Wait, so so which show do you want me to explain? Okay, so hang on. And this is why I don't follow your stuff right yeah. there. Is, or this is why I have trouble following your stuff. Not, not that I don't want to, but it's every time I pick up the Twitter or the X, as we now call it. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, it's always a newly branded project of which Christian Blatt is a part. And it's just like, oh, my God, there's yet another one. Well, there's not that many. I mean, I've, I've been a guest. I'm going to be a guest on something I've never been on tonight. You know, so it's like I, I get to be on tonight. Uh, the Po' Boys podcast. Uh, and it's not about sandwiches, but I have something to promote now. So there are people that. Uh, you know, ask. And uh, I sort of kind of waited till I had something. No, but I mean, I, I said earlier, I was on the show. Why are you laughing? Talking specifically about Colin Quinn and uh, how great Colin Quinn is and how funny he is. But I have insight having been in that room in that building uh, the first week where Colin took over weekend update. I would write jokes for him and he was very complimentary. I told the story of Adam Wade who uh, knew Colin and Colin said, you're really funny. You should put down the guitar and just tell stories. And it led to, you know, uh, far greater success than if he'd continued uh, singing the songs, I think, you yeah. know, so I talked, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it's not always negative, you know, I mean, there are, yeah, you know, if, if somebody wants me to be on the Chris Kattan episode, I I might tell some different stories. So, so what's but, the story of who are these broadcasters? So who are these broadcasters is um, it's sort of uh, it's basically it's more like talk soup is a good way to explain it, except it's there's a segment of local news. And then there's uh, pundits. You'll deal with uh, politicians, but the show itself is not political. Uh, you try very hard. I have tried very hard to have an equal number of you know, uh, Trump clips and Biden clips or whatever, because to me, it's all funny. It, it you know, as long as, as long as you can laugh at something that's funny and, you know, you can watch it. Uh, I think that the show, uh, works pretty well. Uh, and, and we usually end now with, uh, with sports because everybody can laugh at that because, uh, you know, funny, funny comments are said, that sort of a thing. 
so who are these broadcasters is it's the latest iteration in the uh, who are these podcasts empire, which includes a show called who are these socials that I am not a part of, nor have I ever been a part of, but I do watch it and I entertain, I, I, I enjoy it very much. You, there's a, there's a whole segment of, of TikTok out there, Tom, that are um, young women pretending that they have Tourette's. So, uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's fascinating What's to watch. That? Sorry. Yeah. What's that? Oh, I got it. Sorry. You, you put you when you turned away. So, uh, yeah. So who are these broadcasters? It's like, well, these are people on television, you know? And yes, there are times where perhaps the humor comes from the person being interviewed outside of the restaurant where she may or may not have been served food with maggots in it. Uh, that is for the audience to decide if her story is true. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and how awful. So it's what the, the old Andy Warhol quote was. Everybody will have 15 minutes of fame. Correct. The Tom Tilly take on that is in the 21st century. I believe uh, everybody will have uh, one clip that goes viral for 15 seconds. I think that's about right. You know, I mean, I think I think uh, Andy Warhol saw sort of what was media at that time, not realizing that I'm holding up my cell phone that this is a movie studio essentially, you know? And by the way, the show that I just talked about, I edit all my clips on my iPhone because it's the easiest way to, to have everything that I want. It was so easy to do it on my phone. So I don't even do it on my desktop. What do you use? Just to, do you use the, the... the screen record. Yeah. And, and just, I clip it and, you know, especially if it's Twitter, you got to clip off the sides and uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, there's a, uh, Oh boy, there's some good stuff for uh, next Tuesday at uh, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. That's that's all I can say. So are you on the TikTok? Because I'll tell you, just going. No, back I haven't. I haven't actually done TikTok yet. But you know, being a little bit more active, uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm wondering if I would find clips that I'm not finding on Twitter and Google uh, if I was on TikTok. But because I'm not doing the 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 social media show. If I were doing that, I'm sure I would have had it by now. But uh, I feel like I, I'm mostly dealing with traditional broadcasters, and I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that uh, we, we will talk a little bit about is uh, the, the new podcast uh, Strike Force Five, which uh, premiered. Have you heard it yet, Tom? Oh, is that the one with the uh, late night hosts? Yeah. So Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. Seth Myers. Oh, I'm glad Amy you're Colbert. asking me about that. I actually have, and, I have so many problems John with Oliver. that existing. I am, yeah. I, I am okay. angry about it. So first and foremost, uh, any money that they raise, they're going to donate to the staffs of all of their shows. So on that Buzz, level. Do a better I, job of setting this up. Who are they doing the, you tell the story about who these people, who's on the show and where are they releasing it through? So yeah, it's the the late night hosts basically. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, what's his name? Uh, James Corden retired before the strike, so he's okay. not part of it. So it's everybody else basically, the network ones, oh. and John Oliver, uh, you know, is is also considered uh, late night, even though it's like once a week. But that's fine, you know. So here's my. I just think this is the problem where I, I just don't think TV people understand what the hell a union is. I'm actually very upset about this show existing. Uh, where so for those of you who don't understand the TV strike right now, you have the Writers Guild striking against every old fashioned media company. Uh, oh, there you go. That's a writer strike shirt that's not disappearing with the chroma key. With no, I know. It's, 
Yeah, that's uh, Homer Simpson. My my wife was able to get that okay. outside of the box your office. wife is on strike against the old fashioned media outlets and the big money streamers. Yeah, well, yeah, because okay. the all of those streamers. I mean, Netflix is 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 an outlier. They're their own big money thing. Fine. But I mean, uh, and, Par- and Paramount and and uh, and the Disney late night hosts yeah. who are writers uh, uh, with credits are on strike in solidarity with their union. Put that on pause. The Screen Actors SAG after the Screen Actors Guild after uh, is on strike against half of media as we know it um, because of certain arguments with the big yes. uh, media companies. These guys now are striking against a non-media. Uh, an, uh, a, they're all on strike against a union media outlet. And they're giving it away for free or for money to a non-union outlet. It just well, this is so, not, uh, so yeah, know. it's not a. So here's the thing, uh, and and the part where I'll defend what they're doing. Uh, if you listen to it, no one is writing anything. No, so, but it's but it, uh, it, but it, the and basically the sponsors are two companies that Ryan Reynolds owns, uh, Mint Mobile and some tequila uh, liquor company. So he's sort of you know he and and they they do like a, a live read or two where all the hosts join in so that's where the money comes from and then that money goes to the production staffs of all of those shows um and the one thing that um you answered in my head that i was uh finding that it clearly was done over Streamyard, like we're talking on our zoom or something because there are short video clips but it is not available as video and then I, I started to realize as you were talking that that's probably because they're all members of SAG. They all have to be because they're they're on camera. So that might be why they feel like, well, we can do this podcast, make some money for some people. And by the way, I think they're going to do it sounded like they're going to do 12 episodes, you know, so they're going to they're going to make some money for people that aren't themselves. Uh, but, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it's um, there's a point where me taking in that first episode for the sake of figuring out what I want to clip and make fun of, there's a, there's a story that I love late in it uh, about how two of the hosts unknown to each other, both almost walk worked on magic Johnson's talk show. And I'm like, all right, I'm a huge nerd for this stuff. So I loved it. <laughs> so by the, by, by that point, but uh, it's uh, it, it's five it's five people who are all used to hosting their show. They're not in the same room. They're talking the way we are. So a lot of it you can kind of figure out, you know, what the limitations are to it. But if I if you if you had sold me like, hey, they're going to do this podcast and they're going to talk about the uh, the Magic Johnson show, I'm like, I don't want to hear anything else. I just I want to hear stories about the Magic Johnson show. And uh, Colbert has this weird thing where he uh, collects merch from failed talk shows. Uh, he has a hat from my pal Dennis Miller's uh, syndicated Tribune show. He said he has, uh, I think he said it's also a hat from the Chevy Chase show, but the, uh, you know, your friend Chevy Chase. Uh, it has a C that is coming off of uh, the hat. Uh, and uh, I remember uh, our, our buddy Tim Sicardo, my former roommate, He we had a shelf in our apartment in LA that was, uh, canceled shows, including later today, uh, a show he worked on, a Dick Wolf show called Deadline, and there's another one I can't remember. He, he had mugs from canceled shows, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, actually, there's a legend uh, I read. Conan at one point said, 
uh, in the early days of his pod, uh, so God, his late night show, his brother would call him and say, like, I think Chevy Chase lasted 11 episodes. Yeah, I think, I think you might be right. Yeah, short, yeah. Historically short. And so like on day 12 of Conan doing late night, uh, his brother called and said, hey, say what you want. You outlasted Chevy Chase. <laughs> and, and let's make it magic. Johnson lasted six months. Yeah, it was a little while. They did they, they did do some retooling on that show. The the magic hour is what it was called, by the way. So then whatever it was, uh this this guy had a count of, well, you outlasted Pat Sajak. Yeah, outlasted. Yeah. Oh, by by the way, he has a uh Colbert has a satin jacket for the Pat Sajak show. And I'm like, man, if there's anything I wanted, uh and then he and then he's like, he's looking for merch from uh Thick of the Night, the Alan Thick show, and into the night with Rick D's. And I'm like, oh my god, I would I would love to have any of that stuff. I I wish my buddy Farad Muhammad were in the chat today, but he's working, I guess, because there's nobody who loves late night as an art form that I know, and I know a lot of people who love that that genre, but I don't know anybody that's as into it as, uh, Farad Muhammad, who, uh, pointed out that just two days ago was the uh, 30th anniversary of the first Letterman CBS. Yeah. Are you, are you on the, uh, are you subscribed to Letterman on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. They just re-aired his first monologue, which I had seen a hundred times before. Well, I, I, I believe they, uh, unless I'm mistaken, I believe they mention uh, a, a story that was in the news that uh, you didn't want to go on a show and talk about. I mean, that was the era where. Yeah, yeah there was a Butterfuko joke in there. Yeah. I mean, again, that, what a great, you know, it puts you in the time, you know, like, you know yeah. what year it is, you know? No, absolutely. So it, look, it's interesting. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that. Uh, you know, I've, uh, most people know that, uh, a the fact that I have any kind of career at all is because of the amount of time I spent working with Dennis Miller. And, you know, he'll talk about how, you know, he was the guy who did the news on Saturday Night Live. His job was to make fun of the president at the time, who was, uh, Ronald Reagan when he started. And, uh, you know, Nancy Reagan didn't like him. And he's like, I, I wouldn't either if I were her, you know? And, also, he has an amazing joke about Philip Michael Thomas, who was the other guy on Miami Vice. And uh, uh, Dominica Saxon knows it, actually, because uh, we had a conversation about that when it was the anniversary uh, of that. But he eventually, as he got older, he felt bad because it, it, it unfortunately was a little too prescient, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that, uh, I can see feeling bad, uh, about, you know, making fun of people, but public figures, it doesn't bother me as much, but at the same time, like, you know, there's, there's video of, uh, Conan in the, in the studio, uh, at, at Howard Stern early. And usually when somebody comes in and they say like, it's all right, I can take whatever you got. You can go at me. Usually you do that on a show and, uh. You, you can take it, but the, the, the Gary Del Bate puppet, I think was just relentless. And it was like, clearly it was like, whatever, you know, no matter how much I tell you as in Howard, as much as I tell you, you should stop, don't stop. Clearly that was the note. And it's just like, Oh, I like him so much. I like Conan, you know? So stuff like that can be really hard. Is this is like, I've never seen that clip. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll I will definitely find that. Uh, for you, you know, but uh, yeah, I, but you get into, listen, I think with all humor there. Uh, so like, it's funny nowadays, 
the idea that all the late night hosts made fun of the OJ trial and OJ, sure. um, that doesn't hold up anymore. Or they're, no. they're all apologize for it. But I mean, there's a few ways to look at it. Yes, a real person died. But on the other hand, two, two people. It's also died. a real spectacle. And I'll yeah. argue, like, I have been careful with my Long Island serial killer jokes, whoever the killer may be, alleged Long Island serial killer jokes, in that I've been careful not to victim shame. Yeah. You know, because it was sex workers who were murdered and buried in uh, Gilgo Beach. You know, because real people died. But on the other hand, it's also a spectacle. And you get into the thing of, you know, what what's the value of humor? You know, is it to show, like, when you make fun of a famous person, is it to show a mirror to royalty? Is it to bring people down so they can build themselves back up? Um, is it to keep a story alive? Um, yeah. You know, like, you get into tearing down Conan O'Brien. Well, maybe Conan needs it. You know, not in 1993. He didn't, you know, that, mm. that, this Jackie puppet, or I don't know if it was, it might've been the Jackie, uh, the Jackie, Jackie puppet. puppet. It's either the Jackie or it might, now that I'm thinking about it, the Jackie puppet was Billy West. I'm pretty sure it's the Jackie puppet. There's like three people I know, uh, uh who would be able to tell me this. And of course, none of them are, uh, I left my, my other laptop and phone all the way over there. Otherwise I would Google it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so much. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it, so yeah, it's the, uh, it's the Jackie puppet is, uh, is what it is. So, and that, that is Billy West who would go on to be, uh, Stimpy and Ren and Stimpy, uh, Futurama. There's a lot of, uh, things that, uh, you know, that, uh, Billy West is brilliant at. Um, and he's, uh, uh Howard would, uh, say about him that, uh, uh, sorry, that Billy West is, you know, a lot of people do impressions of two of the three Stooges. They do Mo, they do Curly. He's the only guy who did Larry, Larry Fine. He has like a spot on Larry. And it's like how uh, Gilbert Gottfried didn't do a lot of impressions well, but one that he did really well was old Groucho Marx. Not, not young Marx Brothers Groucho Marx, but sitting down with Dick Cavett with like the golf cap on. Um, uh, because I, I referenced it, though, I want to bring up uh, the joke that Dennis Miller told on. And I had looked it up for when I posted this. This was in May of 1989. And this is Dennis's joke. NBC's Miami Vice has its final episode tomorrow from 9 to 11 p.m. And if at precisely 1101, the Earth seems to be rotating a little faster, you'll know that Philip Michael Thomas has dro just dropped off the face of the planet. It's a perfect joke. Is it? Because it's not. It is. Well, because he was nobody. I mean, after Miami Vice, that was it. You didn't see Philip Michael Thomas again. So he's on like this huge show, but there's literally like nothing else to his career. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's like in that moment, everybody watching is like, oh, yeah, we. <laughs> probably are never going to see him again. And, you know, if he'd carved out a career, it'd be like, ah, you, you were wrong. It was still a funny joke. But, yeah, he didn't really have much to, to show for his uh, post, uh, uh, post Miami Vice career, as it were. Well, you know, and that was a great question I'm going to ask in my Nicole Eggert uh, interview. Yeah. Is at what point is it enough? You know, uh, like, I mean, he yeah. had eight years on Miami Vice. He hopefully has some residuals coming in. Uh, how much work 
you know, do you really want to put in after that? You know, like how many you know, be subjected to that stuff? You know, like at what point do you get a taste and you go, I'm Philip Michael Thomas. That's enough. I'm okay with being a punchline and being Don Johnson's sidekick. It's all right. I'm done. Yeah. Look, I would hope that, uh, you know, somewhere around season four, you know, he invested in some real estate or something. You know what I mean? Seasons one through three, you're buying cars, you're doing everything. But at a certain point, you're like, all right, we're about to go into syndication. We want to uh, we want to make sure that we do this, that we get this done the right way, you know? So uh, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, look, it, it's uh, it's an example of a joke that I, I think is very funny. And uh, Dominicus Saxon, Dominicus Saxon remembered it. But so sorry. There I you go. Uh, no, I, I have right to, here. I but uh, were I you saying something, Tom? No, no, no. Just I know that we're winding down. Uh, we, we, yeah. Even, even for my show, even for my show, we are going to wind down. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, look at all these uh, comments uh, that come in. Wait, what is? Uh, uh, read the comments because uh, I. Have... So Sam Whitfield says I've been watching. I've been watching Miami Vice, and Dennis was right. Cut of the jib. Good to see you. Super sticker twenty nine ninety nine. That's not an actual super chat. Cut of the jib, but I appreciate you pretending that uh cut of the jib is somebody who might have been able to uh, tell me that it was the jackie puppet and uh tom i i don't think we can like share that i think you and i might need to watch that and then do a follow-up to this podcast where we talk about what it made us feel for for conan the the jackie puppet uh it's so because Conan, you know, he he does a, a great job in trying to hang in there, but you can you just like, oh, man. So, so what's funny about that story is I'm going to love thoroughly love watching that clip. Uh, <laughs> but how many other people have endured a beating like that? And then they it's like, all right, now I'm going to go work at a McDonald's. You know, yeah, like, no. like, like, I mean, the, the what made that mean in the moment is Conan could have been, uh, Oh, like, Oh, Oh, I can't remember his name right now. There was a uh, Ryan Seacrest and Ryan Dunkelman yep, or Dunkelman. Brian, Dunkelman. I think Brian, Brian Dunkelman. Yeah. Now I don't think he ever went on to anything else. No, he did not. He's, I believe he was only on the first season of American Idol. That kid's gotta be going crazy. Yeah. He, he says that he chose to leave, uh, which I think is the, one of the things you need to say. If no, but let, let's go crazy for a minute. Let's go even crazier. See, I think that's worse. At least if he got yeah. fired, it's like, got all right. Fired, yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of like thinking, you know, dating the perfect person and saying, oh, I'll find someone better. And you don't. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know? and, 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 yeah, and you don't. And um, I mean, I'd rather be dumped than the dumper in that situation. Well, look, and um, I, I have a, a clip that um, I'm saving for who are these broadcasters, but I am uh, going to share it here uh, with our uh, Blackcast uh, audience because I think that people will enjoy it. And I'm sort of talking about people getting made fun of for what they do being out there. And now this is a very short snippet. It is only uh, 12 seconds. And uh, this clip features someone that I referenced uh, not too long ago. And uh, I am honestly perfectly fine with the fact that this happened. And uh, I definitely uh, look forward to uh, being able to uh, talk more about it. And uh, if something like this were to happen again, uh, I would personally uh, be honored. But uh, so this is from Tuesday's episode 
of who are these broadcasters. This gentleman over here on the far left for our visual audience, that is actually uh, Stuttering John Melendez, what he looks like in 2023. He's doing something called uh, stream sniping, which cut of the jib, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you go live and you see someone else is going live, so then you put their show up there and you comment on their show. And uh, there's a, a, a fairly uh, involved back and forth between uh, Stuttering John and Carl from Who Are These Podcasts, who is uh, one of the three hosts on Who Are These Broadcasters. And, uh, you know, he and John have have talked. They've uh, done shows together. They've both uh, made some some decent money in recent months, you know, doing shows where they talk to each other. There, There's a lot more to to this happening, but this is the moment that honestly... I had never been stream sniped before. It made me feel like I was kind of in the big time. So you got stream sniped. Wait, you got stream sniped by Stuttering John. I got stream sniped by Stuttering John Melendez because I'm on Carl's show. Look, legitimately, I know that that's what you know. he's not stream sniping the black cast. I have gotten him to say the word black cast by sending a dollar ninety nine super chat before because uh, I, you people will hear it at the end of the audio version. I have a little montage of uh, people saying the name of my show or my name. I, I was thinking about after this happened, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to share this with Tom. And you know, this is, this is a, I think a bigger conversation for another show, but uh, I'm also sometimes, look, there's a reason why Carl plays the clips. So I hope that when I start playing it, you can hear it. But if you can't hear it, Tom, please tell me. Uh, it is only 12 seconds. So we'll know pretty quickly. Okay, so uh, we're going to listen to uh, John Melendez uh, stream sniping. Who are these broadcasts? We're Listen, you are, no, I'm you're, kidding, a, you're a talker oh, about the fact you geez. can't sound you, like that on YouTube. No, you're like the I worst broadcaster ever. Without knocking you, but knocking what Stuttering John is doing, that's a man who's some form of a national name. And we're just doing yeah. live shows where anybody could have a live show. We're so out of ideas. It's now people watching live shows of other yeah. live shows. It's at what point, actually, what I am curious to see is at what point will there be an implosion where everybody just stops broadcasting? Yeah, like, because exactly. you're seeing with the generation of kids behind us, and, and not just behind us, maybe two generations behind us, where they just don't care anymore. Like, they're, they're, I, I met people who turn, I met 20 year olds who have no Instagram. You know, and it's like, isn't that the one everybody's on? They, they're like, you know what? No, we have it all off. Because yeah, right. I knew that nobody had Facebook. Like kids didn't have Facebook anymore. No, but I, they're not doing any it. social media, you know? Right. And I, I wonder if that layer is coming. Now they still have their cousins, Netflix passwords. Now, I don't think you're going to necessarily see a rebound of live TV as we used to know it. Yeah. But then again, I, I, this is why I, I think this strike could go till January in some ways, because I don't think that's noticed. the expectation, by the way, is, is, is that the West yeah. Coast expectation right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Part of it is, is that, uh, you know, in the old days when you had a strike, this is the time where the networks would feel it, you know, like the 1988 strike. They didn't have their fall season to roll out. And, the, you know, so it's like the onus was on them. Like, oh, yeah, we got to get this sorted out because we got to get the shows back on. Now, all these networks and streamers, they're like, well, we have so much other content to play. Uh, also, you can watch the Tom Kelly show. You can watch uh, who are these broadcasters. You can even watch Stuttering John while he's uh, snipe streaming. Dude, you have managed. You either got trolled by the former announcer of the Tonight Show. 
Yeah, I would have rather been trolled by Joel Goddard, but uh, it's all right. I'll take it. No, I uh, wonder how much, you know, when you get into wondering how much money anybody's worth, John Melendez is a name, but was he really making more than 800 a show? He was there as a writer at some point. So, you know, he, he, he made at least whatever scale was. So, you know, it's just he was probably not smart with it. But what we're going to close on and uh, we'll we'll wind things down in, in a moment uh, is that it's interesting because, you know, a lot of my career was tied to being on Dennis Miller's radio show. And that was a very big platform. And you would get uh, you would get feedback, you'd get interaction. And then I hadn't gotten that in a while. And, uh, you know, being a guest on the main show, who are these podcasts, sometimes I would hear that people were like, oh, yeah, I wasn't for everybody. But in general, people were like, oh, this was funny. It was good. He was prepared when he came in. He fits in really well with the show. But then when you start doing a new show, that's when everyone who hates your new show makes sure that you know. And then you look into it and you're like, okay, I, I, I give people two. My back and forth with them, I will do it two times, but then I will let it go. I'll tell you, Tom, I did look at somebody who was really determined and wanted the conversation to continue. And I looked at their profile and, you know, part of me is always like, okay, well, how many followers do they have? That's something, you know, but then his bio, and this isn't a joke, his bio, the first word of it was widower. And then I was like, yeah, what am I doing? You know, uh, this man's already been hurt in ways that I'm not capable of. I'm not going to try. He doesn't like me. He doesn't have to. Nobody has to like me. I mean, I, no, I would but hope. I know, but I think there's something to be said about I was getting trolled pretty hard about my glasses. Oh, I did a, some sort of a oh. clip about oh, yeah, the, you want, you, Weren't you trying on new glasses at one point? Or is yeah, that what this, this is when I did a clip about how there were no celebrities on the SAG after strike line. I did, I did see that one. Yeah. And I, and I do think a lot of the people we're striking for are not on the actor's side. I, I, you're, I see things doing well on the. You'll, I know what you're saying though. You'll see more. Yeah. You'll see more uh, actual, like, you know, actors and bigger name, creative people uh, outside Disney yeah, we'll should be outside of 30 rock, but the yeah. finishing the point, this guy's like, well, maybe if you had better hair and I didn't care about you and you had better glasses, I'd give a shit, give a crap about your poopy cause or whatever. <laughs> and, I, and then I look at his bio and, and, and it's a Bible quote from the book of Corinthians. <laughs> And I just replied to the guy and he never wrote back. I'm like, sir, uh, you can't quote Corinthians in your bio and make fun of my appearance in the comments. That's not very Christian. If you want to okay. if you want to fight a troll or if you want to yeah. deal with the biggest troll fighter, Ginger Z from Good Morning America spends more time answering her hate mail than her fan mail. And, yeah. and she has brilliant smackdowns, uh, you know, real feminist power, beautiful sure. stuff. But I find if I had access to that widower, now there's two Tom Kellys. Yeah. The old Tom Kelly would say, I'm glad your wife is dead so she wouldn't have to read that reply. That's the Tom Kelly I remember, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, I don't know if that Tom Kelly's all <laughs> that far well, gone. No, no, no. Because, yeah, there's... Uh, uh, you know, uh, there, there are uh, Sam Whitfield would be somebody who remembers. There is, there is one guy who was a fan of Dennis in the radio show, but he hated me and he was on the message boards and, uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I would definitely take, I would put way too much energy, energy into uh, Paul P and I even had a dramatic reading of some hate mail that he sent once, uh, about how much he, he didn't enjoy the black cast.
And then um, a uh, little bird uh, sent me a screenshot of uh, his Facebook page where he was uh, stealing jokes from one of Dennis's specials and passing them on as his own. So uh, I was like, oh, that I that 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 was like just chum in the water. So I think I was well, always kind of destined for uh, this. Yeah. So there's something we said about trolling the trolls, though. Like uh, yeah. it's funny, there was a girl I was talking to on uh, TikTok or Instagram, you know, pretty girl, beautiful girl um, who I never had a shot of actually dating. Sure. And her boyfriend started wrote me a, a, an anonymous threatening note i didn't even know she had a boyfriend and i think okay. the relationship was new within the time of me talking where he goes uh you better watch out you shouldn't talk to another man's girlfriend and i took a screen cap and said is this a spam bot and i posted it publicly and then if you look at his profile and you google the guy the guy is like a christian school football coach yeah. And I'm like, you're threatening me and you're a and you have on your bio that you are a school teacher. I, I, and I just didn't have the time, energy and maybe the balls to do it. But I'm like, what if I sent this to the principal or lead pastor at your Christian school? You're anonymously threatening him, you know, and but what stopped the guy, apparently, because eventually this girl broke up with the guy and she wrote me a note saying, uh, whatever you did to troll my boyfriend uh, made him stop. And I didn't realize he was abusive, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I'm like, yeah, sometimes you just got to put it out there. Just, you know what? Just show the mirror. You don't even yeah. need to make the joke. You don't even need to say, I'm glad your wife is dead, widower. The, the final point we'll end on is there's uh, there's there's two people who I think uh, that I know I like the way they handle social media. Uh, we've talked on this show about Cardiff Electric. He's a potato because of the reason that he started out as a troll and he didn't want to be found out. So uh, he, uh, if somebody says something mean, hate mail, he just always replies, thank you. So I do that a lot. But also my friend Andrew Breitbart would usually just uh, retweet uh, the most vile hate mail that people would send because it's like, oh, they thought they could say this anonymously, but I'm just going to go ahead and shine a light on it. Uh, so we'll see as the hate comes in, but obviously there'll be nothing but love for this episode. Uh, Tom, thank you for your time. I know you've got places to be and uh, we'll talk soon, perhaps after watching the Jackie puppet uh, talk to Conan O'Brien for our uh, audio audience. You're going to get a treat after this conversation. You'll have the remaining five minute snippet from the episode that Tom and I did that were lost. I think it's five minutes. So I'll just sneak that in there and you're going to probably uh, miss what we're talking about or everything, but I don't want it to go to waste. The Tom Kelly show uh, is where to find you. The Tom Kelly show is available. If you all things, Tom Kelly, the gateway could be Tom Kelly show.com. Uh, I have a great podcast on all your favorite apps and YouTube at the uh, Tom Kelly show. Tom, you either need to go out the door or you need to go to the bathroom. So either way, I'm going to let you go. So I'm going to let Tom go. But uh, if uh, you want to see more of me and you haven't had enough, you can find me on Who Are These Broadcasters Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Kami Egan, great show. Thank you. This show is only as good as our beloved chat is, the people there uh, in the chat, each and every one of you. Uh, so uh, you can find me over there on Who Are These Broadcasters and then uh, I'll send out a link for tonight's show, Po' Boys Podcast. Uh, you'll be able to see me over there. We'll be back next time on the podcast. <laughs>
two. I found my people. Nobody wants to be the big man on campus, no, but, but some. But everybody wants to be in charge of their lunch table. Like if my podcast somehow appeals to moms in their 60s who want me to date their daughters but would not have dated me themselves if they were the same <laughs> age as me. Your demographic is men yes. and nerdy women yes. born between... March of 1972, <laughs> and probably uh, March September. Of 19, no, March of 1982. I think that's that's uh, my range. Yeah, but just to make it a little more specific, April 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you do have like a very focused. All right, I want to I want to tidy up uh, Connecticut tidy, hot. Connecticut so hot. New Canaan so, hot. New Canaan hot. God bless, man. You're talking about different types of hot. Yeah, it was. Uh, not it was like real housewife hot okay they were just it was a, a birthday party for a 50th birthday for a woman from norway gorgeous photographer she was a photographer and dog walker and we're in a mansion so you know the money wasn't from her <laughs> right and it was a room full of just all good looking women you know some had worked on some hadn't but they were all wearing the same damn sundress Oh, like it was okay. like Stepford yeah. Hot. No, it was yeah, Stepford yeah, It was Hot. like, I don't know, the turn of the century, turn of the last century. It's like they would have those like company towns, and you know, you, your housing was like part of your salary, and everybody wore the same uniform and headed off yeah. to work. So, this is for the wives. They like, all had the same uniform. It, it was Stepford Wives. Uh, oh, and then, yeah, and then yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then we could get into Long Island Hot. The 80s stereotype would be bigger hair and hoop earrings. Sure, which, you know, or you know, Jersey hot. I was gonna say there's the, the Venn diagram for like Jersey Shore hot and Long Island hot. There's some commonality. There's yeah. distinctions, but they're the big hair, the bless the age of Aquanet. But, but but off the top of your head, everybody knows. Tying it together, twenty minutes later, uh, everyone knows what Long Island hot is. People will probably know what Miami hot is or Los Angeles hot is. Uh, we'll know what a Las Vegas hot is. But but um, Pennsylvania like, Dutch hot, Pennsylvania Dutch hot. Which, I, we have we have coined that term here on the Blackcast. I know, and I don't want to name the episode that because I don't want to burn the the line. Honestly, at, at one hour and thirty six minutes in, if anybody gets, hey, you know what? I love doing this because occasionally a few people write. Folks, send me a DM. Uh, Tom Kelly show with the catchphrase Pennsylvania Dutch hot, and I'll know you listen. And I'll tell you what, Tom will take a photo of him. With the photo of Harry and Megan kissing that he fished out of the trash, and send it to you if you DM him. Uh, hopefully, I still have it by then. But yeah, no, just take the picture now. It's all right. We'll okay, good. We'll stock you. it. We'll yeah, stock yeah, yeah, it. Good yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. And then, what was my other good thought for you? Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say. That's intelligent. So, if people have enjoyed this conversation, that I, I, you heard me. I wanted to keep it to an hour, yeah. and we're at an hour thirty-seven. Yeah, no, uh, that, uh, that I know how to translate you, man. No, but it's, uh, but it, it's, and look, here's the, the other conversation. Where do, yeah. you, where do you divide this episode in half? So, if you want to listen to me, find my OnlyFans, Pennsylvania Dutch Hotties. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but also, if they want to listen to your podcast. Oh, the Tom Kelly Show. And listen, a, a couple of you guys have come over and joined the family. Uh, Farouk Muhammad came over. Oh, I love yeah, uh, Farad Muhammad. Farad yeah, yeah, Muhammad yeah. came Ooh. over. He's a huge late night television fan. He's a big Conan fan. He was in the audience for the first Conan O'Brien Tonight Show. 
and he was in the audience for the last Conan O'Brien TBS show. So these he takes these. Things he bookended very, the career, huh? Yeah, he really, yeah, yeah, he really bookended Conan in L.A. I mean, he still does. He podcast, commented but. on a couple of things I did. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Lee Downey, your sure. super fan, is ghosting me. Uh, oh well, you know he's the YouTube administrator. It's a lot of it's a lot of work for him. That one, by the way, that that screen name still freaks me out. It does. I know. Like well, I get people, well, when he shows up, when people are on with us. Uh, they're always like, oh, what, what is what is YouTube talking about? I'm like, it's no, and it's funny how many times I've done, like, listen, I have been, I'm banned from at least two dating apps right now. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's And a TikTok banned me for a week for saying F you, Steve, to oh. a guy named Steve on a TikTok Live. I felt like Steve deserved it. I don't need to know the context. Good. I feel like Steve So anyway, it. when YouTube administrator comes in, I get freaked out. But yeah. I'm doing the Italian goodbye. I'm stretching it out. So Tom Kelly show. It's just that simple. Tom Kelly show. Tom that Kelly simple. show. Com. And actually, I have a few TikToks that have gone viral. Do me a favor. Show loves on the ones that aren't going viral. Those are the ones that are, I yeah, care more just about. Just take the time. And if you've never Comment. commented on any of Tom's content before, I'm talking to you, Jason Blair, go ahead and uh, just uh, say hello. He's the one with the hot cousin, right? No, that, the that the was cousin. the episode. That's, that's, uh, that's Liev, who I just did the show with on the roof of his building overlooking Angel Stadium in Anaheim. Uh, he was the one who used to talk about his hot cousin. And I unfortunately have to let you know that uh, we started the broadcast 10 years ago. Cousin is no longer hot. <laughs> I thought you were about to say the cousin's no longer available. No, no, oh. I think very much so. Oh. And on that note, uh, I will say thank you to our guest Tom Kelly of the Tom Kelly Show. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel B L A D T C A S T, and you can find our content also over on Geekscape. Uh, and I am on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ, and you will hear the aforementioned Farad Muhammad repeat most of this information right now. That's all the time we have for now, but we will see you next time on the Blackcast. You are no, you're a, you're a talker. Talk about the fact you can't say well, you, like that on YouTube. No, you like the I worst broadcast ever. Thank you for listening to the Blackcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram, at ChristianDMZ. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram, at F-A-R-D, M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on the Bladcast. Beyond the rim of starlight, my love is wandering in starflight. I know he'll find star-clustered reaches. Love, strange love a star teaches. I know his journey ends. Never his Star Trek will go on forever, but tell him while he wanders his starry sea, remember, remember me. The Black Cast, thank you for the 199, Christian. Uh, Cardiff, grab your guitar to play Whole lot of Rosie. Stay tuned till the end of the show, I will. Is that a real song? Yeah, ACDC. I don't know anything about songs or movies. I'm sorry, Christian, I don't know anything. Mousies. <laughs> <laughs> Mousies? The Blatcast 199. Who's had more hands up their bum, Chad or Tukey? <laughs> Chad.
That's the answer. I think that is the answer. Thank you, Bladcast. I'm going to name drop real quick. I hope that's okay. I had Please. Christian Blatt at my house this past weekend. Oh, yeah. I'm getting ready to break into a Slim Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to isolate that and start putting it the end credits of the Bladcast, uh, where we have a little montage of clips. Bladcast. The Bladcast is 100% right. Well, this has been the Bladcast. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Jeff Duray, not on Twitter. Uh, the Blad. Oh, I like this one. This is nice. This is what you were saying, Richard. The Blad Cast. Thank you for two bucks. The Blad Cast. One of the best podcasts you can ever see. The Blad Cast. Whoop de doo. We're watching it. We got no Wi Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it. Go watch the Blad Cast. Good luck with the whole thing. And, you know, here's to another 500. Get you to 1,000, you know, which is more than 500 last time I checked. Hello, fellow favorite person of Christian Blatt. How are you? Hi, other fellow <laughs> favorite person of Christian Blatt. <laughs> Our boy, Christian Blatt. I'm glad Christian Blatt uh, put that up because I totally forgot I am doing the podcast tomorrow. You have Christian Blatt on the show. And by the way, I want you guys to pay attention to both Christian and Brian who are aggressively ignoring you. Christian looks particularly <laughs> troubled there. Are you guys playing Wordle with each other? <laughs> what is going on? I have a friend who does a podcast with his wife and another guy. And whenever the wife talks, this is what me and Christian are doing. And I'm like, I can't, I, I can't shit on him for it anymore. I'm like, now that I see myself doing it. But E-Rock's talking about some boring shit right there. <laughs> I'm going to pull back the curtain for you guys. At that moment, I was texting Christian and saying, I'm going to fake a heart attack. And he was texting me saying, I'm going to fake an earthquake. Christian, you are a talker. About the fact you can't say well, you, like that on YouTube. No, you're like the I worst broadcast ever. Oh, no, it was Christian Blatt. Ford said the worst things about his mother. And, and for some reason, Jed doesn't care about that. I'll ask Christian where he got that from. I'm not uh, familiar with that. Uh, the Bladcast 499. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. <laughs> that was not my fault. Tookie loves you all more than a friend. I love Tookie. Yay! <laughs> hacka, hacka!